everyone, you're listening to Operation Dichotomy. I'm Paul, I'm your host, and we are the bridge between perception and reality. If you are listening to us for the first time, let me remind you, well, if it's your first time, let me tell you for the first time. Our goal here at Operation Dichotomy is to create a society of greater understanding and empathy. We want people to be slower to speak and more eager to listen so they can hear the perspective of the other side. This day and age in our society, people just don't understand each other enough because all they want to do is talk about themselves. So if we can play our part in making that small shift in culture, I think we'll be able to solve a lot of the problems that we see around us today. If that seems like a mission or a vision that you can get behind, be sure to connect with us at Operation Dichotomy on Instagram or at OperationDichotomy.com online or both. Uh, And the one thing that we ask of you guys listening is if you found if you have found any value in our podcast and our content so far, please go ahead and just share with whoever, uh, whoever comes to mind that might benefit from our content. Um, together, we can make a better world. I can't do it myself. You can't do it yourself. Our guest today might be able to. We'll find out. Um, he's shaking his head right now, so probably not. So without further ado, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me introduce you to our guest today. His name is Garrett Tyra. He hails from a small town in Maryland, which I will not say out loud because it's so small, you might actually find out where he lives. Uh, But it is in Maryland. He is a dancer, YouTuber, videographer, actor, a master content creator, uh, the ultimate millennial, shall we say. (laughs) Um, But there's one thing about him that's very unique, and you probably don't even know what that means because I didn't know what it meant either. He has a condition called chronic intestinal pseudo obstruction. And you're probably asking yourself, well, what the heck is that? Like I did. We're going to talk about that. Before we do, welcome, Garrett. Thanks so much for being with us today. How's it going, man? Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me, man. It's going well. Good, good, good. Uh, I wish you guys could see this man. He's so happy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, there's those people that you just see and are around and brings a smile to your face uh, just because they're there he's he's like that so we'll share his information later if you want to go follow him for a good day but uh, it's it's the reason i mentioned that is because uh, when we start talking about who garrett is and what he's had to go through in his life you may not think he would be such a happy and bright person but yet here he is. <laughs> He's smiling. We were laughing before the call and before recording and um, just seems like a good guy. Uh, but because we don't have too much time today, Garrett, let's just go straight into it. Uh, first of all, what the heck is chronic intestinal pseudo obstruction? All right. So uh, chronic intestinal pseudo obstruction is a condition where um, there's no movement in the um, intestines or the kind of like the GI tract in general. So all my nutrition um, basically comes from IV nutrition. And, uh, and yeah, for those of you who are listening, um, some, I guess some equipment that I have are like an ileostomy, um, a Proviac or a central line and a uh, G-tube. So um, if you guys can relate to that, then I guess pass it on to a friend and maybe they can, because when I was growing up, I was never able to see um, what other people or how other people lived. So a lot of there were a lot of uncertainties. And I know if I could have seen that, that would have been nice. So maybe I'll pass along to someone you mm-hmm. can relate. Yeah. What does that mean when 
there's no movement going through your GI tract. Like the food doesn't move. Yeah, yeah. Basically, so um, so everything. So uh, we did a study, right? And um, they found out there was like zero movement, and the only movement that would so there was like no contractions, right? Because the intestines had to contract to move food mm-hmm. and um and stuff down, and your stomach flushes to um into the intestines right mm-hmm. um so it turns out like my stomach um it's like a slow flow kind of mm-hmm. thing and everything that goes in, down my intestines is by gravity or some sort um the doctors thought it was they couldn't they they weren't able to uh to tell or to know the reason why so um it's kind of just like a, maybe it was a blessing because of dance and um, and how active um, I am. Yeah. So I was watching your video and it said that, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were diagnosed with this condition at nine months. Yeah, I I was diagnosed at nine months and and basically uh um so what was that going on? I was like I I kept on throwing up and. And like, you know, when you like, you start to feed your kid, cause you, you have an 11 week old right now. So uh-huh. eventually I guess you'll start to feed them like solid foods. Right. Hopefully, so that, yeah. Or like, or even like baby foods. Right. So mm-hmm. the, the foods just won't go down. And, um, it's, a it's a, uh, process where you diagnose the, the patient with process of elimination. Oh. So, um, it was one of those things and yeah, so diagnose it. And it was like our first born out of my whole family and it was a it was definitely a big uh adjustment they would they had to make Mm -hmm. what happened when you were diagnosed with uh this condition at nine months like did you have to did they stop did you stop eating um or yeah so okay so i i want to say like i was iv fed a lot you know Mm -hmm. like liquids could go down but they were hard to go down. Hmm. Um, but for the most part, um, they had to find like, I, I think I, they, it was like a lot of IV because I was always dehydrated as a kid um, oh. because like nothing would always go down. So I'd be, I'd be in and out of the hospital throughout my whole life. Generally IVs are needles, right? Are they always needles, right? Yeah. It's intravenous or venous? In- how yep, do you see that? always always needles either that or um yeah always needles and some people also have food through their like it's called an ng tube and it goes through your nose down your throat into your stomach mm-hmm. or into like a, a part of the intestine but um but that never worked for me so but those i would say those are the two ways that i know about so does that mean you never had solid food beyond that point? No. So I, I have had solid food. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are sometimes I'll like, I'll, as a kid, it was really hard to, uh, to, to resist eating. Um, because, you know, like family dinners, you know, and, and everything like that. So, so there was like a point where like my, my parents would have to like hide their food as they're eating because their 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 six-year-old son has no self-control yet yeah you know what i mean so good 
And yeah, when you get a cheeseburger from McDonald's, yeah, a kid's just like going off. Um, but but yeah, so but I would I would cave a lot and I would I would eat it and then I would just have like terrible stomach aches mm-hmm. for like weeks. Oh man. And and it would be like like almost like it would be like paralyzing and um worst feeling ever. So so eventually I was just like um I got I got something called a a G tube, right? And anything like I do eat, I will have to like drain out of my stomach. Oh, so it's like manual draining of your stomach? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Is that a complicated thing? Complicated process? Um it's I would say like yeah, I mean, it's not too complicated now, but so basically there is there's like a button, right? And mm-hmm. it's like a tube that is into my stomach and it's like halfway, halfway in and out. If you see if you've seen the video, you can kind of, you can definitely see it on mm-hmm. me. Um and then there's an attachment that you attach to it and you just take a take like a syringe and you you suction it out. Mm. Oh, and wow. um yeah, so like I learning how to do that I think in um uh high school was a big deal. You know, middle school and high school was a big deal. Yeah. So in in your video, we keep referencing this video, so we'll probably share it on the the podcast notes. Uh, mm-hmm. but in the video it said that at some point you had a life-changing surgery. Yeah. Yeah, Can you tell so us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um so so going i guess going through like my whole life right um and you you can cut and edit as much as you want out of this but um i i had already had like a a ton of surgeries more than i could probably have counted mm-hmm. by the time um i guess uh high school came around and not only like dealing with medical stuff i was also dealing with um severe dyslexia at the mm-hmm. same time so like learning disabilities and things like that so so the life changing surgery it came around um a time where where i had gone into the hospital and and we didn't know why and it wasn't related we didn't, it wasn't related to my condition and they had they had found out the doctors came in at like uh at 2 a.m and they had told my dad and I that they'd have to perform emergency surgery right away because mm-hmm. they had found um, perforations in my intestines, like holes in my intestines and rips and tears. And when there are rips and tears in um, your intestines, you are very, very like susceptible for that, the, that um, bacteria going into your bloodstream, you know? And, and that's like, that's like life or death kind of stuff. Right. Um, uh, like sepsis, I'm, I'm sure like Mm -hmm. sepsis, like blood infections and things like that. And, um, so, so it felt at the time it like, it was one of those things where like, um, I always kind of like hoped for, um, I guess being, being better or like healing, you know? And I wasn't sure like how anything was going to happen, but I knew, I knew like I went to the hospital because I was in so much pain. I couldn't, I could barely move. Um, and, 
And, um, but at, so at the point when they, they're like, Hey, we're gonna have to do surgery. I, I'm like, let's do it. Like without a doubt in my mind, I knew this it had, it had to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my parents were like, were crying and everything. And it was very unexpected. Um, but we had it. And then they, they gave me something called an ostomy. And that is actually like part of my intestine sticking out of my stomach. So, so so basically um, where like the waste would go and then there's like a bag covering it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so they gave me that. And when I woke up with it, I like, I just cried because um, I guess like visually it was very hard to take in. And um, it was at a point at the senior, like a senior year, you're thinking like, um, my thoughts were like, okay, so should I like go to college and be a dentist like my father and like um, his father? Or like I had started falling in, lo- falling in love with like dance at the time and was thinking like maybe I should like, uh, maybe I should like minor in dance. Um, like <laughs> I'll be like the dancing doctor or something like that, you know? <laughs> um, but but it was one of those things where I was still deciding and I wasn't really sure on how to, how to even go about. Um, but like that surgery really like it, it was a blessing in disguise because after the, the tears and after like the, the me kind of like not knowing how my life's going to turn out, there was like a type of like determination that followed and, um, and it, it also made me kind of realize how how much I felt like I had to go for dance if I wanted to live a life without any regrets. Um, but yeah. Walk me through that connection a little bit. You were talking about wanting yeah. to go to, to college for dentistry, potentially, and minor in dance. Yeah. But through this yeah. experience, you realized you had to dance. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. It was like one of those things where I, I remember walking through the hallway and of like the hospital with my IV pole and, and just, uh, just, just breaking down and crying and just sobbing because it just kind of felt like I, like my dreams of dance had been taken away because um oh I forgot to include the doctors had had uh, come in after the surgery and told me that I wouldn't be able to dance oh, for uh over a year you know and and just like that kind of like circumstance and it, it felt kind of like life was taking this away from me hmm. and, and it was very like very like emotional um because I, I do remember crying in the in the middle of the hallway between the lunchroom and, and the radiology. And, um, and when people were walking through and I just, I couldn't stop crying. And, um, and, um, you know, my mom, my mom was there and she was just like, we don't know how, like, how, how like things are going to happen for you, but we're, we're going to, we're going to find a way. We're going to, we're going to, um, we're gonna we're gonna make it work, you know, and and uh, yeah, like, and I think at that point, like, 
that strong feeling of like like i i needed it you know like i wanted it so bad and i don't i think i don't think i had ever had that feeling until like that those hidden stakes were there mm. you know where um does that make sense yeah yeah because yeah so you have to have something almost taken away to realize how much you love it right yeah that's that's exactly how it felt and and i just knew like i had and and you know like just i guess like you know like i guess because i was in high school that's like 10 years ago right and and us i guess asian americans telling Imagine telling your parents that, like, hey, I'm gonna, <laughs> I want to dance. You know? Forget about dental school. Yeah, forget about dental school. I want to be a dancer, mom, dad. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> oh my gosh, it went, it went well. Like, um, much better, I think, because of everything that kind of has. Because my life has been so already um, unordinary. Mm-hmm. you know um that that it went over you know as as good as it could have gone mm-hmm. um so so yeah like i guess i so anyways after that i kind of like told myself if i could if like a normal person would recover in like a year or so i'll i'll do it in five months you know mm-hmm. um and, and yeah and then i did i i didn't I didn't go to college. I only took a few courses and, and the rest kind of like everything kind of, I met the right people and, and it was kind of like the best thing that had ever happened to me. Wow. Yeah. Can, can people tell that you have chronic intestinal pseudo obstruction uh, just by looking at you when you meet them for the first time? No, they can't. Um, cause everything's like underneath my shirt and, mm-hmm. and you know what? I don't, I feel like if I didn't say anything, no one, no one would know besides the big, um, IV nutrition bag that I carry around, but I carry that in a backpack. Mm-hmm. So some people don't even know. They just know that I'm carrying a backpack around and they're like, Oh, Hey, why don't you put your backpack down and make yourself at home? You know, mm-hmm. but it's like, Oh my God, you know, so sometimes I'll depends on when they catch me. Right. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, it sounds like, I mean, obviously it's inconvenient, right? But it it sounds like you are in that situation with the condition, making the most out of, quote unquote, the cards you were dealt. Mm. And one could even look at your life and be like, man, Garrett lives a quote unquote normal life. Like he's able to dance. He's able to be this happy-go-lucky dude. Um, I'm just wondering from the outside perspective, like, is that, is that correct? Like, would people see that looking at your life if you didn't tell them? Yeah. Yeah. They, they would definitely see that. I, I've definitely gotten a lot of, of man, this guy doesn't worry about anything or, you know, if like, or like, I've also gotten like the whole, like, Oh yeah, this guy's just like really happy all the time. It's, it's, um, yeah. So I get, I get a lot of, a lot of that. I guess, if you didn't, if you didn't know me, you know Mm. what I mean? So what are some of the things that these people don't see then? Oh man. 
they oh my gosh there's like they don't see the tears they don't see the the me kind of worrying how my life's going to go because um everything's so uncertain not only with like my medical stuff but also with like the path i've chosen to take as well with like you know the abstract artist type of path or social media type of path and and like and yeah just like the the hospital stays the surgeries the um all the scars i don't know i mean it's a there's like a lot if I, if my family wasn't there for me mm-hmm. man thank god i have them as like my rock because because like it is it, sometimes like you know it's it's rough you know and i get i have them to remind me to to like stay positive and mm-hmm. look at the best in things and you know like sometimes like appreciating the little things and living for the little moments is is something i i still have to do and and remind myself that it's important to do because i'll get um i guess carried away with kind of like what society it like society norms would mm-hmm. be does that make sense like yeah. buying a house buying a car um uh working a 9 to 5 things like that whereas whereas things are like um whereas like a lot of times like a lot of my work goes into being able to live a healthy life hmm. you know do you know it's kind of an odd question but if you're able to quantify based on time mm-hmm. uh, how many hours a day or I, i'm trying to comprehend how much time and extra work and how quote-unquote inconvenient it is for all of this if you don't mind me asking yeah no i think because i i love that you asked that because i'm about to make like some videos on it because a lot of people kind of like even my fam my extended family members you know they're like my cousins and things like that don't like they know what i have but sometimes they don't like know or all like the work that goes into it you know like like i don't particularly know every in and out of owning a kid or having a kid not owning a owning kid, a kid. <laughs> <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously obviously i have no idea what i'm talking about Wait, buy this one <laughs> flea market down the street flea market oh i was gonna say ikea is a good place to pick up some kids <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> anyways yeah, yeah. Uh, cut that one out <laughs> maybe anyways, uh, <laughs> no. right. anyways um yeah so your family members uh, so, don't know the ins and outs of yeah so um so basically i guess uh how much work it does so even even traveling is one thing that like is is really hard um for me to do because because i'll have to like make sure everything's packed and and when i say like everything's packed it's like it's like you have emergency me- medical supplies you have your hydration bag you have sterile kits um you have and this is just for like me leaving the house mm. to go to the gym you know oh. what i mean and and um but like but like next to if i'm traveling it's like i have to travel with with i want 
Let me show you. Okay. With, I guess, seven of these bags. That's your Ivy Nutrition yeah. bag? Yeah, this is my new Ivy Nutrition bag. And, um, you know, I have to travel with seven of them, like, over the airplane. And, but, and also, like, organizing, I guess, like, where my medical company is going to ship if they can ship them. So it's like, I, it's a lot. It's like a full-time job, you know, yeah. like, like if you've had like uh, a nurse, you know, I'm like my own, my own nurse, personal nurse, if that mm. makes sense. And yeah. like, and imagine like a nurse working and then having a side hustle on social yeah. media, you know? So it's, I guess that, that that's like the, but I'm a 24 hour nurse. Hmm. Yeah. Um, personal nurse. When you were sharing all that. Yeah. Um, I know this is kind of, it's definitely not the same, right? But even having a kid, she's 11 weeks old. You can't go anywhere without a bag full of food, diapers, make sure to spare clothes in case she blows out or throws up. Yeah. Make sure you have baby wipes. Uh, you you have to have the binky because if you don't have the pacifier, she's gonna go nuts. Um, yeah. Car seat, blanket, and that's that's to go to the grocery store, right? Yeah. And like, it's but I mean that's nothing compared to what you have to do. Like if if I don't have baby clothes, she's gonna poop. Okay, fine. She's gonna have a poopy poopy clothes for a couple hours. Boohoo. Whereas if you forget medical supplies or if you get something. Uh, on that list mixed up or incorrect or your medical company ships it to the wrong place. Like this is a matter of potentially life and death too, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, definitely. Like if, if something goes wrong, if I don't have the extra supplies, then like depending on how bad it goes wrong, it could be a trip to the hospital, you know, it could be be like, it could be an extended stay too. Like, uh, yeah, so 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 being I guess like vigilant with all that stuff is definitely a necessity while also just trying to enjoy my life um, mm-hmm. the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason why I asked that is like I said in the very beginning of the podcast, Gary is such a bright dude, right? He seems like he has no problems in the world. Um and he's just wakes up smiling for no reason he's one of those guys so you would never know that behind the scenes there's all the stuff to worry about um and i think it's important for people to know and i'm glad that you said you can make those videos for people to understand um because and i know you're not making them like oh pity me kind of video no definitely not and we we don't want to be in that position where we're like oh i feel bad for garrett but at the same time if you understand what different people go through and yet they're still where they're at, like you, right? Like you could be complaining and crying about all kinds of different stuff. And maybe you do behind the scenes from time to time because you got to let it out. And that's totally okay. But knowing all this that you go through and yet here you are, as you sit and talk and share your story, I feel like it puts perspective and context behind you and behind your character and who you are. And um, people I think people value that and people need to know who, who the real Garrett is, right? It's not just a dude with chronic intestinal pseudo obstruction. It's so much more. And 
I mean, that's why we're doing the show. We want people to understand. We want people to be able to at least try to walk in your shoes a little bit, you know? No, I, I really appreciate that. And like when, when you like reached out to me and you, you like, you, I guess gave me like your elevator pitch of what this podcast is about. (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, I was like, this is, this is exactly what the world and like kind of society needs, like, especially because everyone's so quick to, to jump to conclusions and, and, and not, I guess, give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, where it's like, even like, even like cancel culture is a lot kind of like, like very like tight, you know, like very um tightly, what do you call it? Is there like tightly um wait is that what tied culture? up cancer cancel can- cancel cancel what's cancel culture? culture? Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm so old cancel- man. You gotta explain this. Yeah, I got you. Cancel <laughs> culture is basically the culture of let's say someone said something wrong. They're like, "Fuck uh, you! You're out of here! Get out!" Like you like yeah. cut this guy's show off. You know, like terrible. Oh, you know, like, I didn't know there was a name for that. Cancel culture. Yeah, so cancel culture and and you know like people on social media have get you know it's like a lot of like hype mm-hmm. and a lot of uh people who are who you know they all have opinions and yeah. um and yeah I would just say like look it up I think you'll find it interesting for sure because it definitely I think empathy plays a a lack of empathy pay, plays a big part in in cancel culture Mm-hmm. Um, because people are, I guess, too easily, I guess, offended by mm-hmm. something that they're too willing to like just take the, take the um, jump the gun. It's mm-hmm. too early to jump the gun rather than take a step back and see perspective. Yeah, and that's like that's that's you know that's what your podcast is about perspective and empathy. So it's. That's what the whole brand is about. And yeah, I was definitely like, I gotta, I want to be on here. Dude, thank you. I appreciate that so much. Um, and it is a big problem. And uh, we'll talk about it next time because this could go for another couple hours if we start talking about cancel culture yeah. and why people oh. do that and how dumb it is. And But just oh if we were to say one thing about that, or two things, because... <laughs> because you started it. One is, uh, I had this conversation with a friend the other day where uh, he asked me what I believe about people. I was like, what do you mean? Uh, he just meant people as a whole. And I still wasn't quite sure what he was asking me. But my my response to that question was that I generally feel like the majority of people want to do good. Like they want to do the right thing. They're not out to hurt people. They're not out to be malicious if they are, it's because they've been groomed that way through their their um, their childhood or whatever, their upbringing. But the problem is the way that I show my good and the way that I want to do good is going to be different than what the other side might perceive is actually good to them. So it's just a level of misunderstanding, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason I mentioned that is because I feel like in today's cancel culture, I cancel you, Garrett, because I think that you're being stupid. Where in reality, from your perspective, you're trying your best to show me kindness. I just took it the wrong way because I misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And if I canceled you instead of being like, dude, Garrett, what the hell was that, man? I, 
I'm offended by that. And if I took the time to actually listen, well, this is not what I meant, Paul. I actually meant this when I said this. I was trying to pay you a compliment. You just took it the wrong way. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll uncancel you then. <laughs> and we can become friends, right? But we don't do that anymore for some reason. And that's one thing we want to fix. Like, let's, let's try to understand the perspective of the other person, assuming that they're actually, quote unquote, good people. And we're just misunderstanding, misunderstanding something here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, so a good, a good example. I should have given you an example. So you could have like, go for it. I think so. Okay. So I guess, um, so there's, you know, um, do you remember Kobe? Kobe passed, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And there was a lady talking about the, the Lakers and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And then she said, the n-word mm-hmm. but like when but but so a lot of people got of course and this was on the news you know oh, so really? a lot of people got a lot of people got are if they're already mourning kobe they're already like at an emotional high you know sure. and this would definitely set them off but when she explains in like uh an interview you know she's she's usually talking about the the knicks right Mm-hmm. And and like if you if you say Knicks and then Lakers like um like you get tongue tied sometimes you know mm-hmm. so so that's what she was basically explaining like yeah because she said she said she said Knickers with but with uh, a K you know what I mean yeah but so but like still people were like get her off the news, you know, right away. Uh-huh. But, um, and like the comments, you know, but, um, but I think it's, it's understandable, you know, to like, to make a mistake on live yeah. TV. You know? There you so go, man. Like, yeah. I think we have to get into this, in. this, uh, instead of cancel culture, we have to get into the culture of just asking, is that what they meant? Or was it a mistake? Um, yeah it's almost like just giving them a second chance and if they meant it then okay fine you're a dick yeah, i don't want to talk to you <laughs> yeah then cancel this fool yeah. <laughs> yeah. but now you have reason to right yeah and i remember there was a second thing i was going to talk about but i forgot because we ranted a little bit too long we did we, ran, um, we, we ranted but it's okay that's besides the point um i think we did a good job today gary i think the purpose that i wanted to uh, the purpose that I had in wanting to talk to you and have this conversation was to get more of your perspective to the average listener, to the average person, like myself, actually, who, who had no idea what chronic intestinal pseudo obstruction was. Uh, and you can tell because I keep looking down to read it every you time. I was reading that as a paper. I was going <laughs> to yeah. call you out on that. <laughs> okay, I called myself out. Um, but, but yeah, like, and not just that condition, but other conditions as well, right? You never know what someone has gone through and what they're going through um, no matter what you see on the outside that's why we say perception doesn't always equal reality it takes some time to, to to sit down with somebody listen to them talk about what you perceive and get down to their reality and that's how you build empathy that's how you build understanding and i feel like we did that today at least a little bit yeah i think so yeah i mean we know you're a lot more complicated than just this but- <laughs> Based on our time, that's what we want to cover. Um, Garrett, for our listeners, 
if they want to connect with you and follow you on your uh, videography, acting, and dancing antics, and then also maybe connect with you about um, medical stuff because they want to learn more or they want to, I don't know, just to reach out and say hello, where's a good place for them to find you? Yeah. Uh, man, I would love it if you guys would get me on YouTube and just reach out or Instagram and slide into my DMs and just, you know, just, just, yeah, just, uh, especially, especially if you like, you guys can relate, um, with the medical stuff, man, I would love to talk to like minded people or like people who, um, kind of understand what it's like. Uh, but yeah, whoever like gets value from this, get me on YouTube at Garrett Tyra, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, Tyra, T-A-I-R-A. And same Instagram as Instagram? The same thing. Okay. Yep, same as Instagram. G-A-R-R-E-T-T-T-A-I-R-A. Boom. Bingo. Okay. Bingo. And for those of you who lost me on that one, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it into the show notes so it'll be there for you so you can connect with him there. Garrett, last question of the day. What's only one weird thing about you that many people don't know? Oh. Only one. Is that why it's so um, hard? No, I'm like, I mean, I'm trying to think of something particular that like is, I don't know, is washing your hands when you come inside weird that's not weird is it that's just a clean thing isn't it i know people who don't do it it's like every time i go outside right no matter what like i just feel like you gotta wash your hands because you're touching all the indoor stuff does that make is that that's you're the weird one you know what you're the weird (laughs) one you're not doing it paul do i not do that i guess it depends So in your mind, it's because it's outdoor stuff and indoor stuff. Therefore, you should differentiate. So this is what I do sometimes. Like I wear outdoor clothes, right? Like clothes when I go out. And then I'll never want to lay down on my bed in the sheets with those clothes because I have my clean bed clothes. And then I have, it's kind of the same thing, except with your hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you went, you went touch. I don't know. Would you touch your... (laughs) couch after you go outdoors <laughs> yeah i might <laughs> yeah. all right fine it's like the bed thing because it's like you're weird not me <laughs> there it is today we heard a weird thing about everyone else who doesn't do that <laughs> all right man thanks for sharing that um garrett thank you again so much for your time and just sharing your story with us um it's it's an honor to have you. Thank you for your, man, just thank you, dude. Thank you for being who you are and living your life that you're living now. I'm sure you're being an inspiration to many of the people that are listening now, but then also the people that you've connected with in the past. Um, hopefully they'll look at you in the path that you took and be inspired to do the same. Thanks, Paul. Dude, thank you for having me. Thank you for what you're doing for the community. And yeah, I'm, I'm very happy and pleased to be on the show. Perfect. That's it, everyone. Until next time.